Hi guys, welcome to episode 31 of Unethical Podcast. Practice what you preach or change your speech. We don't have a guest host for you this episode, but the OG Unethical crew is going to be discussing the viral suicide of Ronnie McNutt. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. So what's happening today, guys? Well, we've got a special one for you today. For everyone who's listened this far into the show, first of all, holy shit, why? Thank you for putting up with our garbage. Are you okay? Are you all right? (laughs) We're sorry. (laughs) I know why. It's the fantastic guests we've had on the show. It is, actually. We've had some amazing guests with some amazing podcasts. Don't forget to check those out honestly like go yeah check out their podcast leave them a review even if it's not your thing help them out they helped us out they're all really good people huge bushes just because the supermarket has the meat on sale maybe the fucking butcher has the same thing for a good price you gotta sometimes shop local get the little guy in there you know they could be just as good you're not helping us buy a second yacht yeah no that's true if you hate the podcast, that's fine. You can leave a shitty review, but give them five stars. Okay. Still works. Still works. As long as the stars are there, you're all mm-hmm. good. And if you hate our podcast uh, and you're do watching this out of pure <laughs> rage, uh, please do the same. In fact, as Richard mm-hmm. has said before, uh, join us. We would actually really enjoy having somebody who hates us on the show. Yeah, it'd be amazing. We're always, we're always looking for new stuff here to, to keep things spicy, keep things mm-hmm. interesting. I think it'd be nice to have someone who hates us. All right. Uh, yeah. So for everyone who's listened so far, uh, you know, we've taken some digs about the live stream suicide sensation that was Mr. Ronnie McNutt. And we've caught some heat for it, actually, uh, a few times. Uh, so what I decided to do was educate myself on Ronnie and then come back and present to you why I feel the way I do about it with knowledge about Ronnie and about his situation and about the aftermath in hand. If you think that this is going to be a great epiphany or an apology, it's not. Your appallment did not make me a better person. I am just going to tell you what I know and then we're going to tell you what we think. Let's do this. And I'm glad you I'm glad you did this. Sounds very mature and grown up of you, Celeste. Nice, good work. What can I say? I'm uh, wise beyond my years. I'm still ripping this clown apart, just so everyone knows. (laughs) He's halfway ripped apart already. Let's do this. (laughs) You said you were going to (laughs) joke. I fucking lied. You believed her? Come on. What did Kent call him? A blood rose. Yeah, a predator. He turned himself into a predator. Predator. That's right. Here we go. Ronald McNutt was born. His name is so close to Ronald. Ronald McDonald. I was like, wait, <sighs> it's too much. I'm glad you. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm doing it because I know your mom likes this. Uh, 
the McNutt sounds like something that happens if you're a bad to the guys at the front at McDonald's. They give you a McNutt in your drink. Give you a McNutt. <laughs> what it says on the mcchicken sauce bag it says McNutt. exactly it's just McNutt. filled with mcnutt <laughs> filled with mcnutt <laughs> all right so ronald mcnutt was born may 23rd 1987 he lived in new albany mississippi and just like us ronnie was a podcaster oh i bet he was really good at it yeah did he have lots of followers <laughs> yeah let me let me tell you about it okay sorry sorry he was involved in the geek culture podcast slash blog series just us geeks and he also for a time had his own podcast called the empathetic leadership where he and a co-host explored the theory of quote emphatic leadership i don't know if that's a typo or if it's an actual business thing um but the point of this series was to teach aspiring leaders or acting leaders how to lead with decency and intelligence uh, the oh. podcast didn't do a terrible job, in my opinion. They made some good points, uh, but the message wasn't exactly groundbreaking. Um, I did learn from listening to it, though, that Ronnie was not stupid. And he mm -hmm. was actually capable of a fair amount of insight and originality. On the Just for Geeks side of things, between 2013 and 2014, Ronnie wrote and talked about his love of comic books, popular television shows such as Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, and The Walking Dead. Uh, and video games he was a halfway decent writer he wasn't bad he had his own voice uh but that voice was uh informative but unapproachable in my opinion sounds like a kind of nerd a dude i'd hang out with, actually he has a lot of common interests with me so he far does. he is the kind of guy that honestly i i'd have him as a guest i'd bring him on the yeah. show maybe mm -hmm. we can maybe ronnie was also oh. very involved too soon Ronnie was also very involved in the local theater. Apparently, he wasn't much of a performer, but he got along well with the people that he met there. He always showed up, and he got the job done. I bet you he said Macbeth. Kind of, yeah, probably. Yeah. That's a superstition, by the way. I Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. For the listeners. If you're in theater yes. and you say Macbeth in a theater, you'll get, like, hit with an idiot stick or something. Yeah, Macbeth or good luck. Don't say either of those. Oh, yeah. okay. Break a leg. Break a leg. Okay. So uh, he was known to spend his evenings live streaming from his Twitch account or on Facebook, where he liked to get into arguments with his viewers and ramble about his interests and opinions. On the weekend, Ronnie liked to attend conventions whenever possible and soaked in all things geek like a happy little sponge. Uh, he was also pretty into fitness. He posted a lot about going to the gym and eating keto. And so far, you know, doesn't sound like a bad dude. A little too intense yeah. to swipe right, but I wouldn't leave the club if my friend brought him along. I liked him till the fitness keto part. I don't like those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was one of those people for a while and I was absolutely insufferable. So you're not wrong. Same. Yeah, I almost died. Did your joints hurt? Like I was, no, I actually ended up in hospital because I had <gasps> a mini stroke because I, I, I was obsessed with being keto. I had an amazing experience on keto. I felt fantastic. I did too. I fucking loved it. I loved it. Oh, and I lost so much weight. I, I, no, I'm, it, I'm not. I love being on keto. I lost like 37 kilos and I loved it. But mm -hmm. my body fucking freaked out. And I just, I ended up so, so sick. And keto obviously did not work for Ronnie McNutt. So anyway. Uh, well, he lost weight, 
He did, yes. <laughs> him being keto was not the point, but yes, people who no. do keto tend to be insufferable. He did, not, he did not commit suicide because he was on keto. Okay, he did nothing of the sort. <laughs> being on a keto diet does not make you shoot yourself in the head. I can't so. guarantee that either. It might. I honestly don't know. <laughs> it depends how bad you crave the carbs. Yeah. <laughs> I just need carbs. Being celiac, that will absolutely make you shoot yourself now. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if you eat carbs, if you're celiac, you may die. You may die. But so, you know what? Oh. YOLO. We are not a nutrition nutritionist podcast. So <laughs> we are now. Unethical nutrition. <laughs> oh, my God. This is all trial and error, people. Yeah. my Imagine the recipe book we'd put out with that. Just like two scoops of butter. Bacon. <laughs> That's it. Butter. Butter. <laughs> called a bacon salad easy yeah. summer weeknight dinner two sticks of butter <laughs> two kilos of bacon the whole bucket of mayonnaise <laughs> uh, well, i'll stop interrupting you now celeste sorry oh that's all right oh we'll also have to include veal in there because that upsets people um oh, yeah yeah Okay, so from what I could gather, Ronnie's relationship with his family was overall very good. He shared photos on his Instagram with his family regularly. Uh, he shared one particularly nice post uh, about his niece's graduation. Uh, his father passed away in 2018, and he posted with what seemed to be a legitimately heavy heart about it. Um, apparently, he also actually performed a eulogy at the funeral, but YouTube had the, removed the video, so I couldn't watch it. Um but I did see it on several like Reddits and things like that, where people were like, this gives me such a new perspective on him. He was such a nice guy, but you know what? Um, so he had nothing but nice things to say about his dad. And uh, one friend of his said that Ronnie's mother was a quote, wonderfully sweet woman. Uh, he had two siblings and I assume their relationships were also good since he was involved with his nieces and nephews, his three nieces, two nephews. Uh, Ronnie was a US Army Reserve veteran he served in Iraq between 2007 and 2008. And to give you a little context, 2007 was the year that George W. Bush increased the number of American troops in Iraq under the new way forward approach. Uh, the goal of that was to help the Iraqis secure the landscape and provide support until such a time as they could protect and support themselves. Uh, 2007 was also the deadliest year for American troops in Iraq with a total of 904 casualties. Sorry, he was a reservesman though? Like he wasn't even, like he no served, offense. He served in Iraq. I get that. But I mean, he, it's only because he got called out there for a year. It's not like he did yes. a full, like usually a tour is what, like two years, two and a half years? He was out there for two tours, I believe. Two tours? Okay. I'm just curious. I, I It's not like he went into the army because he went, he wanted to get into the reserves and then he got pulled like, fuck, that usually doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. I don't know for certain uh, the American troops are already in Iraq or yeah, we're already in Iraq at the time. So I don't think his, his odds of being um, sent over were that unlikely before okay. this. Right. Um, but he was sent over as part of that extra, I believe it was 20,000 troops that they sent that year. Yeah. yeah. He would have been in the last crew that they called over. Yeah, for sure. My parents were both yeah. in the reserves. My parents were both in the reserves a lot when I went, actually that's how they met. Uh, and usually that's the, the the people that stay in your country, right? And they only call or them last to... or last to be pulled over yep. if they need other people, right? So it, it, I don't think his intention in joining the army was to go to Iraq. It was to be in the reserves, right? To be potentially, the, the, 
yeah that's i i'm just uh, i'm just asking because uh so maybe he got sucked over there okay that's interesting yeah we don't know for sure if this was something like that he really believed in um or if this was you know a job i'm not knocking the reserves because my parents both were in it someone's got a hose down the hippies for sure All right, uh, we'll go on, we'll go on. Um, when, Wani, when Ronnie returned uh, from Iraq, his friends say that he was a different man. And that is just the extent of the quote that I can find about it. He was a different man. Uh, Ronnie suffered from PTSD and became very involved in the mental health community and uh, was involved with the local clinic providing support for people who were suffering. Uh, he actually wrote and spoke extensively about his own experiences with PTSD as well as depression. I have a quick question. Yeah. Was he still doing the podcast when he got back or did the, this, was he... he was a podcaster after he got back. Okay. He, this wasn't something that he did before he left. Okay. Cool. At least he's finding some sort of outlet. Prior to 2007, I really don't know much about him at all. Okay. So uh, Ronnie was employed at a Toyota auto plant. He was involved. Uh, and that's a separate point. He was he was employed at a Toyota auto plant. And I didn't put this in here, but I will mention because I was thinking on it last night. Um, he had gone through uh, several different companies, all sort of in this related field. I know that the one that he had, he held the highest position at, I believe, was Under Armour. Uh, he was he was a manager at that point. But he, he went through several of these different sort of um, positions and he was management in quite a few of them. Um, he was involved in the local church and he was, uh, he was a religious man. According to his Instagram, he wasn't exactly like the insufferable type of religious. Uh, he openly supported people of the LGBTQ, ABCDEFG. I don't know what it is anymore, but that community, um, as well as all people of color, but he did kind of like climb up God's ass all the fucking time. Someone's got to. Yeah. So, We're all just waiting to be a little lemony winks for God. Climb up his blowhole. <laughs> I'm cool, though. Even if heaven's a real place, just leave me here. I'm fine. Yeah. I'll take my chances with the aliens. Thank I'll you. I'll take my chances underground or in ashes. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. So up until the time of the live stream, he was in a relationship with a woman. I'm not going to put her name on blast. It's not hard to find, though. Um... According to his Facebook, I had to dig a little back for this. They started dating in May of 2020. That's all I know about Ronnie McNutt leading up to his suicide. It is not a lot of information, but it is information that overall portrays Ronnie as a good guy. Mm. Hardworking, caring, people pleaser. Uh, In fact, it's too good. Hero. It is the equivalent of saying someone lit up a room when they walked in. Yeah. looks good on paper no one is going to come forward and say that they hated this fucking guy yeah, no one's true. social media is going to highlight their shittiness because it is an idealized portrayal of what we want to be yeah. uh digging into his facebook uh he posted obsessively about being a leader and how other managers were too into authority and not into the people which looks good uh when you're a martyr i guess uh and mm-hmm. I don't know the truth, but this is what I do know. On August 31st, 2020, Ronnie started a Facebook live stream around 9 p.m. He was very drunk. I don't know if he was getting drunker during the stream or not. I believe he was drinking. 
He spent about 45 minutes arguing with people. And then around 10 p.m., he grabbed his hunting rifle. Uh, some misinformation out there. It was not a shotgun. It was a hunting rifle. Uh, and he accidentally discharged the weapon because he was totally wasted and gun control is for suckers. At this point, uh, the viewers were really concerned and they began reaching out to him via phone and social media and some of them contacted the police. A couple of hours before he started the stream, he posted like one of those sort of moody motivational images, the kind that you would find if you Googled quotes about suicide. Uh, and this image said, someone in your life needs to hear that they matter, that they are loved, that they have a future. Be the one to tell them. So he's fishing for people to do Yes. Uh, well, yes. Yeah. whatever you want to call that, a cry for help. It's, you know, up for speculation. Think what you want to think. Yeah, okay. This was not, by the way, digging into his Facebook. This was not the first time he posted something like this. He made several posts about okay. helping people who are suicidal. So police arrived on the scene a few minutes after the misfire. They cordoned off the neighborhood uh, and evacuated the neighbors in order to ensure the safety while dealing with an armed, unstable man. Uh, they used a megaphone to call out to him from outside the house, which he ignored. Uh, the police were actually watching the stream from outside, along with a friend of Ronnie's. And, you know, a lot of the things that I listened to and that I read really came at the police for not doing more, you know, to save this man's life. Uh, the police had no other choice but to do what they were doing. The risk of the life of an officer or even of the life of Ronnie was just far too high for them to go bursting through the door. All they could do was try to make contact. Yeah, this isn't a school shooting where they want you to run at the the shooter because then they'll get hurt everybody else. It's a guy by himself in a room. You're going to lock that down until you can get him out yeah. safely. I was going to yeah. say, it's like a cross between an active shooter and a hostage situation. It's, yeah. it's yeah. almost mingling. I've seen and read reports where somebody got called in for like a gun report. Somebody was drunk and a man lost his life. The police went barreling in there. Uh, the guy was unstable, was drunk, didn't know what he was doing, you know, and they ended up shooting him because he was armed or whatever. And he's already shot. He's already shot the gun. He's already shot the fucking rifle on accident already. Yes. So fuck knows what's going to happen if they just go bursting in through the door. Exactly. Keyword accident. Mm. He's he's a loose cannon. Yeah, literally. A, he's a loose rifle. Yeah. yeah. And those things can go penetrate wall through wall through wall. Oh, they, fuck, yeah. You know, it depends on your God. caliber. And this was not a high quality weapon. This was about oh, the oh, cheapest okay. kind of hunting rifle you could buy. And that 22? was testimony from a friend of his. Yes. Right. Uh so. Yeah, any if the, if the police had done literally anything else in this position, it would have been highly irresponsible of them. Good yeah. for you guys. You did the right thing. Yeah. And he wasn't at a, an apartment building, correct? No, house. No, okay. Yeah, big up to our boys in blue on that one. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Uh, boys in beige out there. All right. Yeah. He's in the sticks, I believe. So, uh, okay. For those of you who have not seen the video, allow me to describe it to you. Uh, Ronnie is sitting at his desk. His computer is pinging wildly. His phone is ringing endlessly. Ronnie is watching the messages and the phone calls as they come in and lashing out against the people who are contacting him. His mother phones him. He doesn't answer. And instead he spits out, you never reached out when I needed you. She's watching. He knows it. He gets a Facebook message. 
and he spars against the Best Buy manager for never giving him a shot, even though he's the best damn manager ever. He says that he will walk out that door if his ex-girlfriend calls him. He calls her out by name. That's all he wants. He continues to babble about it being too late to be sorry. He reads messages. He declines calls. He spitefully exclaims that he doesn't even know half the people who are sitting on the other end begging him to stop. Now everybody wants to act like I'm significant, he says. His phone rings and he answers it this time because it's the woman that he wants to talk to. You want to talk to me now? He fires at her. He moved the phone away from his ear at this point to decline an incoming call, during which you can hear her say something about him constantly antagonizing her. He wasn't listening. He puts the phone back to his ear and he repeats himself. You going to talk to me now? Whatever she said, he didn't like it. He says, oh, is that the way you're going to be? And he hangs up the phone. Hey, guys, he says, acutely aware of his hold on the audience, drawing them back in for his finale. I guess that's it. He pulls the barrel of the rifle under his chin, and in a flash, what was once a man is now a horrific lotus fountain of carnage. He remains upright in his chair because even in death, he needs to be the center of attention. His little dog wanders into the room, but with no fucks to give, it wanders back out shortly after. For a moment, the phone and the computer are silent. The only sound is his blood pouring like an overflowing eaves trough in a summer storm. And then a crash. Sheriff's office, shouts the officer. Who knows it's already too late, the spectacle having already reached the devices outside. He comes into view followed by a man in flip-flops. God damn, says the officer. God damn indeed. That explains why they're in beige. It's the sheriff's office. Yeah. Uh... The scariest part of that video for me was that cop walking in in shorts and thongs. Not a cop. That was a friend. That was a friend of Ronnie's. It wasn't a cop. Oh, Okay, because I watched it and I was just like, mate, you should not be walking in there with just thongs on. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack on this. Uh, okay, I got a couple questions. So you said that he started dating this girl in like May 2020 and this was August 2020? Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was that recent. I had no idea. It's like four months. Uh, so it's three, four months and they broke up in between. So this guy's like trying to emotionally manipulate this girl okay first of all see this is what i mean there's so much to unpack but i'll get i'll get through that so he's emotionally manipulating this girl to like call him with a fucking gun that's just like not okay yeah that's gross very gross uh but he's also posting on facebook like if anybody ever needs help give them a call and people are trying to call him trying to mm -hmm. help him and he's basically ditching their fucking calls saying oh you don't want to call me when i need it like you obviously need it now too man it's that seemed like a big guilt trip to just everyone involved in his life just mm -hmm. grabbing their attention but he was threatening suicide prior correct like he was saying if she doesn't answer i'm gonna shoot myself or was he just waving the barrel of the gun he was just refusing to leave the situation he was refusing to go outside and meet the police officers he was he was refusing to end the situation to put down the gun uh, until, she until she called. Yeah. Okay. Ronnie pulled the trigger at 10.30 p.m. The video remained on Facebook until 2 a.m. 
During that time, a flood of reports were submitted to Facebook, each of them being met with an automated response that the video does not violate any community guidelines. He made art. Well, it is not, it was not detectable by their AI, I guess. He probably put an asterisk that he does not own the rights to this music. <laughs> we, <laughs> Algorithms, am I right? In our group, we've had people get their posts taken down because it was mm. that guy who got eaten by the beluga whale. Like why that Facebook will detect that beluga whale. Yeah, but not a guy that shoots his face up. Any, like any articles that are spammed with like a ton of frequency, Facebook will take down because they assume that it's like bots that are doing it. So like yeah. viral news articles and things, you will, they'll take that down just because you shared it. It's nuts. Yeah. We didn't even talk about his dog not giving a shit about him. That's kind of funny too. <laughs> That's kind of the creepiest part to me. <laughs> okay. We're going to keep going before we get into it. I want to try to keep ourselves a little bit level here. There's more. The dog okay. is part of the story. Don't the worry. dog is <laughs> the most important member of that household. Okay. Let's, right. sorry. All right. So the internet absorbed it and then multiplied it. That is what the internet does. In the coming weeks, the video would go viral on Facebook. But worse than that, it went viral on TikTok. The most depraved souls of the web spliced the money shot into innocuous photos of cute animals and chesty women dancing to drop bombs of trauma on unsuspecting users. That's how I got it. I was going to say unsuspecting kids because TikTok is geared towards children. Uh, yep. TikTok had close to a billion users at the time. It has significantly more now. 33% of those users were between the ages of 10 and 19. Many of those viewers were even younger than that, using mommy's iPad, maybe. There were reports of children as young as eight being exposed. Maybe Ronnie's own nieces and nephews were assaulted with it. In fact, I do know that his nephew did catch shit for it at school. Kids were having nightmares. They were having fits of uncontrollable shaking and crying. Some kids missed school for several days while they recovered, and undoubtedly many of them probably still see it when they close their eyes. Mental scars. Well, he knew this was going to leave mental scars with his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend at least, so he must have known there'd be other mental scars. His mom was fucking watching. Like, what a piece of shit. And he had many outlets on the suicide prevention. He worked in a center, or, right? He volunteered in a center. He worked in a mental health clinic. Okay, yeah, so... He probably has those friends on Facebook or, you know, relatives of, oh, that's yeah. terrible. And he knows, he knows the repercussions of suicide. He knows it has a ripple effect throughout the community, through the family members. It's not like this is like, he didn't work in a place where that was prevalent. So like for him to do that, he, I know he was probably in a shitty state of mind, fine. But at the same time, he still knows that there are repercussions beyond what you're trying to accomplish for doing this. Yeah, he was in a bad state of mind, but his phone was ringing. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. He, he even said, "Call me if I." Anyways, a fucking guy. I just wanted to add. He's been a fucking hypocrite. Like he's put that out there. Reach out, reach out, reach out. And when when these people are reaching out to him, he's like, mm. they didn't reach out to him in the time frame that he expected. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So it's on his. It's it was on his fucking terms. Like yes. Um. <clears throat> So trolls tried to attack his family with the video. Uh, they delivered it to them in many different forms, hoping that they would be forced to see it accidentally. 
Uh, someone yeah, made sucks. a fake account claiming that they were Ronnie and that he had faked his death because life just sucks. Um, they He brought some false hope to people. Um, you know, no one is here to pretend that internet trolls aren't terrible. Yeah, people were Ronnie rolling people instead of Rick rolling people. Yes. They were yeah, Ronnie rolling? They were. Nobody's going to blow your brains out. Nobody's going to clean up the wall. <laughs> Did you make that up on the fly? He's wheezing. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Uh, okay. Oh. Speaking of internet trolls, my bad. Keep going. Yeah, that's fucking gross. His family didn't deserve that shit. That sucks. No. Bad on trolls. It, yeah, okay. So I got a little bit, I don't know, preachy with this one a little bit. Much of the script at this point is actually just me sort of puking my opinions out onto paper. um so here's the thing who are we to demonize people that share this video spread this video while simultaneously ignoring that ronnie mcnutt is the reason that this video exists why is it not your own choice what you do with media once it's out there when it was his choice to force it into the digital space in front of his friends, in front of his own mother, he held their attention hostage and he used it as leverage to force a woman who did nothing more than exercise her inarguable right to end a relationship into re-entering his orbit. When he did pull the trigger, he did it with one intention. And you know what? You want to say that is that intention was to end his life? You're wrong. This is not an opinion. You are wrong. His goal was hurting as many people as badly as possible. He understood PTSD. He lived with it. He knew it. He knew it was something that you should never wish on your worst enemy. And he purposefully inflicted it on his friends and families and countless bystanders indirectly. And furthermore, he understood internet trolls. He was an internet troll. He relished upsetting people on his Facebook by sharing memes about an anime show called The Full Metal Alchemist. Have any of you seen that? Some of it. I haven't seen all of it. The storyline, to give you some context, it's a deeply disturbing uh, storyline. An alchemist combines his young daughter and her dog into one creature. Uh, It's horrifying. And it is troll heroin. He knew what happens. To things like this and he knew what people do with the internet so it is not lost on me that it takes a deep state of mental dysfunction to be able to stand face to face with your survival instinct and flip at the bird but i do think that his dysfunction was the result of cognitive dissonance he believed himself to be kind to be empathetic to be friendly when in reality the reality that he struggled against was that he was argumentative introverted entitled and attention seeking on facebook for example he would accuse his friends and this is whatever an attempt to look intelligent whatever you want to call it he accused his friends of experiencing the dunning kruger effect and that effect describes someone with low abilities that overestimates their own abilities well he will turn around and post about him experiencing imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome is self-doubt in your own competence when your abilities are high I found that very telling, personally. Mm -hmm. 
And so he, in my opinion, he pushed himself so far in a time when his mental composure was weak because of his breakup and his alcohol use that he released something that he could not rein back in. He knew that you don't just put down the bottle, you put down the gun, everything goes back to normal. Now that you've crossed this line, you can't re-repress who you actually are. He would end up in a psych hold, probably lose his job. His mother would never look at him the same. His friends would walk on eggshells if they ever forgave him in the first place. No one would respect him as a manager because he couldn't even manage his own life. He ensured that he could not change his mind the moment that he uttered his ultimatum on a public platform the way that he did. And if you need any more convincing that he wasn't the great guy that he wanted to be, there is only one person quoted in every single source. Every article, uh, interview, everything. On this man, one guy talking about what a good guy he was. And that guy is reaping the benefits. I'm not going to put him on blast. It's not hard to find. He's benefiting a great deal from uh, putting up with Bronny for as long as he did. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. It's hard to disagree with. I, I have no problems uh, agreeing with that at all. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I feel bad in a way that you had to be that sad. Like you had to push yourself to that limit, but as soon as you make it about somebody else, then it's about them too. And now you just made it fucking awful. It's not sad anymore. It's just awful. What you did was awful and fucking shitty. My kids could have potentially seen that. They're on TikTok, you asshole. Like, go fuck yourself. You want to do stuff like that? Do it in the privacy of your own home. Go in the middle of the bush. Don't do it for everyone to see. It's it's rude. It's not cool. And, and he got what he wanted out of the deal and still traumatized everyone. She called him. She called him. He talked to her. Yeah. Maybe you just wanted to know she was listening. And he ultimately is still getting what he wants because yep. we're still fucking talking about it. Like he wanted this attention. He wanted everyone to focus on him and he wanted to be seen. And now there are fucking countless of countless podcasts doing stories about him. And we're probably going to get in shit for this opinion. Uh, we're probably gonna fuck that's fine because we're all allowed to have our own opinion on on this subject like i'm have no problem with people saying you know that he was hard done by and that he was you know because he you don't shoot yourself in the fucking head if there isn't something wrong like sure i understand he had shit going on he was in a bad place but you don't do it in the way that you do he did it you don't do it on live television that's what i'm trying to say yes you don't do it like celeste said he knew what ptsd was he dealt with it and he set it up so he was making sure that countless of uh, countless other fucking people including people in his family his own fucking mother were going to have to deal with the same thing and that is fucked because Mm -hmm. As a person that has PTSD, 
I would not wish it on my worst fucking enemy. And he, he set it up so these people that he supposedly loved and cared about would have to deal with the same things for the rest of their life. But he was the troll. He was the initial troll in this scenario to his family, to his friends, to his past lovers, mm-hmm. all things. Mm-hmm. People who never met the man <laughs> are being affected. Yeah, for sure. I'm f- I'm sure there was other people that just liked his Twitch stream that was like, oh, he's going live tonight. Oh, he's off the rails. Let's get some popcorn. Whoa, not expecting that. Fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. But I- I'm glad we're talking about this in this way, though, because people have lost and the general audience, in my opinion, has lost like nuance. And yes, suicide's bad. And yes, it, you got to be in a shitty mindset. But sometimes suicide is fucking. Yeah, it's part of your mental health, but also you're an asshole for doing it. And I'm glad that we're talking about it because this, this is a way, this is not the way to do it. Um, you know, this is in a live public forum, especially the internet with all the troll, like you're right, man, you're, you knew it. You knew all this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, a stu- he wasn't stupid. He was yeah. not, he was incredibly intelligent and he knew exactly what he was doing. Not everyone's great just because they died. Like there's a famous line from it's not famous, I guess, but it's a, a band I listen to. He has a one of his lyrics is when you're alive, you're all right, but when you're die, you're a saint or whatever. It's it's that's why it, what yep. always happens. And then everyone goes, mm-hmm. Oh, poor mental health him, but like you, this guy was an asshole. That was an asshole move, and we should all call him out on it. I'm glad somebody us, if we have to be the people to do it, I'm doing it. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he knew full well the outlets that he could have taken prior mm-hmm. to just wanting to talk to the talk to a lady she didn't deserve that oh yeah she probably has the worst of it he worked in mental health he knew he knew the places that he could get help for himself like he just and he refused and i mean yeah you know someone's gonna say well you don't make the same decisions as you do when you're drunk but he already accidentally fired that rifle Mm -hmm. the foreshadowing is already done he played out he played out the rest of the script on his own he foreshadowed it himself and if he already knew all the things that he had going on with himself, like his mental health problems, his PTSD, his depression, whatever, he shouldn't be fucking drinking in the first place. So if he's so woke and knew all about all these things and he was so intelligent, then he would have known he shouldn't be drinking anyway. Because if he was on medication, if he was on antidepressants, if he was on benzos and he was drinking, then he was setting himself up to, to act, you know, to go nuts. Yeah, and at what point are we lucky that he did it to himself? Because people in that same situation have been known to turn that gun on other people. In fact, if she had come over instead of calling, would he have just shot her? We don't know. I I think there's something to be said about uh, him calling her and making her be there. Like, it's... I can add to that if you want. Yeah, please um, do. 72% of um, murder suicides are committed by men. So it's a pretty high percentage. Um, and then the other percent is uh, women actively, you know, shooting their children and then themselves. Yeah. Right. I- I'm pretty sure men have like the highest suicide rates just in general, right? Like, I believe so. 75%, I think. Yeah, 
we have it hard. White men have always had it hard, so I can see why. Oh, sorry. You guys are so good tonight. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Haven't you been through enough? You have it worse than the than the gay community, man. I feel so sorry for you. Oh, the gay community is like been oppressing the straight white male. I know. I'm so I feel I'm so sorry, Richard. On behalf of the entire LGBTQZ fucking a, B, C, D, E, F, whatever. I yeah. can't remember what it is anymore. I, I wholeheartedly apologize to you as a straight white male for having to <laughs> feel victimized by us. As it should be. Uh, you guys, I know this is exhausting and this is frustrating. I'm not done. No, I know. I, I figured. So following Ronnie's suicide came the hashtag reform for Ronnie. Uh, and the movement's demands are as follows. They want social media platforms to accept responsibility for the content on their platforms. They're not responsible for what people post. We are accountable to ourselves. That's why we watch ads. (laughs) We're paying to be there. We're paying you, fucker. Yeah. Take my shit. Platforms need to respond efficiently when violations occur. How are they supposed to respond quickly and efficiently when goddamn cancel culture forces them to monitor everything? ban everything censor everything so that when actual dangerous content comes up how the fuck could they get it get to it in a reasonable amount of time when everyone's wasting their fucking time somebody was playing santeria we were too busy shutting them down santeria was playing in the background he was live with that you can't have that someone posted a hitler valentine's get them boys (laughs) Yeah. yeah someone posted a picture of jeffrey Dahmer not on my watch as a side note just sorry do you see that the cops now with their their fucking people start live streaming them they start playing popular music so facebook shuts them down what a bunch of assholes ah, that's awesome <laughs> asterix i do not own the rights to this music yeah cops are assholes uh youtube will automatically uh-huh. detect it regardless of what you put in the description yeah, it doesn't matter yeah they'll yeah. shut you down right away yeah who uses youtube i'm just kidding i do i know i'm just kidding <laughs> every person (laughs) i'm going to now (laughs) uh oh third demand uh all term all trolls or term violators uh which apparently is everyone should lose their accounts per i know should lose their accounts permanently with full ip bans uh well then there's no platform and then all you have left to do is attack each other and then you'll all be hailing hitler because you have to be contrarian Mm -hmm. not a solution people uh, this movement also pretends that uh, their demands are not the same thing as censorship. Call a spade a spade. Don't be a coward. Really? <laughs> yep. So the movement is actually spearheaded by the Just for Geeks website that Ronnie was a contributor on between 2013 and 2014, as I mentioned. The individual who owns it skillfully skirts around the way that he has immensely benefited from the flash fame of Ronnie while simultaneously (laughs) preaching about how this would have all been avoided if Facebook had just shut down the feed when the report first came in. Whether or not that is true, it is not Facebook's fault that Ronnie decided to take his drama live. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also take him a lot more seriously if he didn't plug his podcast on everything. Either you're trying to set the record straight or you're milking it. If you're just there to support your buddy, your link doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is this the guy that was doing all the interviews too? Yes. Oh shit. Oh fuck. I bla well, well, it's out there now. Oh, whatever. <laughs> oops. Oh. Oh. Big oops. Sorry, I just I'm just like I didn't hear a name. No, no, no. Did he did he like put his fucking podcast in the articles? 
he was probably wearing all the merch. He's yeah. wearing all the merch <laughs> on the TV, on the ads. All of the <laughs> interviews, our articles, it's always blah, blah, blah from Just for Geeks. Blah, blah, blah from Just for Geeks. Like on the, like, like you know how like a YouTube podcast will have like cover art? The cover yeah. art will say featuring blah, blah, blah from Just for Geeks, not blah, 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 friend of the deceased or something like that. Like, fuck off. Aww. You know what you're there for. You're a fucking coward and I hate you. Uh, yeah. Lots of people look at tragedy as opportunity, right? It's one man's tragedy yeah. is another man's opportunity. So, so how did I want to wrap this up? People, uh, people have to live with with this forever. People who witnessed it, people who did nothing wrong. You know, uh, I wondered to myself if he, you know, had turned the gun on other people instead of himself. You know, would people be kissing his ass this way? Would we be just dying to understand why? he did this and i feel like yes probably because that is what we do as it is um but you know at least a spree shooting ends you know he fired out round after round of trauma and horror into a crowd of his friends and family while simultaneously ensuring that all of those rounds end up headshots in an endless supply of onlookers because he was pissed off that his girlfriend got sick of him yeah and, and some people can handle this kind of video, but like some of these other people that have seen this that didn't want to, they could potentially become uh, self-harmful as well. You know, like you could have made this, you could have just as easily pointed a gun at them and shot them if they end up going to kill themselves. I'm not saying anybody has, or don't quote me on that, but what I'm saying is trauma has different me i can watch a fucking reporter get their head lobbed off i've done it many a times but i'm used to it i do this stuff mm -hmm. for my own interest in true crime but uh it's just little old lady mabel that lives next door to me wouldn't be able to handle that who knows if she's going to take all the rest of her valium because she doesn't want to live in a world where a young man like that can't handle being broken up with by a fine girl who knows yeah or a little elizabeth who thought she was going to watch a bunny video yeah exactly yeah. Let's just say he joined the army reserves because he thought that he would stay local and he never had uh, even like the inkling that he would end up going over and seeing horrible things. Let's say that he was the kind of person that was not prepared for that. He just thought it would be, you know, a cushy position, whatever. He goes into Iraq. He sees horrible things. He comes back with PTSD. Now what he's done is he has done the same thing. He's forced horror onto someone who wasn't ready for it. What did Ronnie McNutt do? Blew his fucking head off. Maybe this other person that's now traumatized with PTSD is going to blow their fucking head off. Well, for mm -hmm. sure. That's like, this is how this stuff works. People, yeah. uh, it's mental illness most of the time. And then the other time it's PTSD and stuff like that or, or heartbreak or whatever. It's all mental illness, right? So mental illness can be like hereditary or it can be brought on by external factors. Let's try and keep the external mm -hmm. factors off and deal with the hereditary ones. Let's not add to people's fucking horror. And if you can't yeah. handle stuff like that and you get, it comes across your desk, it sucks. You don't want to deal with that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. like, and, and it's real life. You know, yeah. this happened in real time in front of people's eyes. And I know people my age still who will not ever drive behind a truck full of logs because they watched Final, Final Destination. Destination. Final Destination yeah. 2. <laughs> Whatever. I'm I just thought it joking. was five. <laughs> the final destination. Yeah. <laughs> but um but I mean, there you go. That's a form of PTSD. That is remembering something you've seen and avoiding it. Yeah, and that's just from a movie you chose to watch, right? Like exactly. That's just a movie. 
I wanna I wanna feel bad for this guy, but I can't I can't at all. I want to because I don't I can't imagine being in so much pain where I'm putting a muzzle like a bullet in my brain is okay. I don't want to be, yeah. and, and I don't want people to think that we're being insensitive towards this guy because I am sensitive to his pain, but I'm not sensitive to what he did to everybody else. I really am not, and I don't yeah, like exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. It was hypocritical all the way yeah. around. Practice what you preach or change your speech. Yeah, and, and people only started reporting on this guy after this kind of stuff happened, so there's not very much out there, like Celeste said, which is kind of sad because it'd be nice to, I don't know, I guess... Who wants to put the parents through that? It'd be nice to know what he if he was really a dickhead or not. And it would have been nice to have that. And like Celeste said, there's no no one that knew him in before this is going to come out and be like, Ronnie was actually a fuckhead. Because yeah. everyone's going to go, well, you're a piece of shit because he's dead. He never said, I need help. No. No, he never explicitly said it and communicating in you know the form of memes is not communication um no, oh, no. i just i just remembered what i wanted to say i uh want to make it very clear i am not excusing the people that ripped this video and put it out there i think they are just as terrible i do i think i think you know if 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 one of them something bad happened to them and uh, somebody wanted me to support them and then i found this out that they did this thing i would be like ah, oh, fuck them too i'll do an episode about it i don't care uh it's just as bad you know, um, but we, you like, we need to stop discounting the reason that it exists in the first place. And that was the point of basically this whole thing. Trolls also, and I am not, I'm just playing devil's advocate to a point, right? Uh, they sit there and they scour the internet trying to find interesting shit. They find a head exploding different for them and they're just going to run with it. It's like art. And I'm sorry to say it's out yeah. it, it's just taking what you have as your tools in front of you and making something mm -hmm. out of it and i kind of give them the the pass for it i'm sorry trolling is part of the internet and it, it's not cool like showing six-year-olds but that's i, I don't I, i'm torn on it i'm torn because if you give them if you give them that um if you give them the ammo they're gonna fucking use it so yeah, because but it's, it's what they do they're all exactly. pieces of shit and they just that they, they want this is what this is their job this is what they want to do so if you're going to give them a fucking video of you blowing your face off they're going to use it yeah. so they are and then when they blow their face off don't expect me to feel bad about it that's kind yeah. of the message here well it's like they told us in like 2006 everything you post to the internet is going to stay there forever it is yeah. not it is not even a little bit untrue yeah, it's not a legend. It's not a folklore. People will like watch that. this video 20 years from now, just like yep. they watch fucking ISIS videos from 20 years ago. This is just yeah. how the internet works. I, so. I literally think people will watch that in 500 years as digital archaeology is a thing. I yes. believe that is that is going to be studied. Uh, what did Uncle, what did Great Grandpa Richard like to do on his time? Oh, I don't want to see the frauding porn. I've gone over this before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but they'll have, they'll know everything that was going on, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, you can be the person who holds the door open for people your whole life, but you're not a good person when you resent the people. Who didn't ask you to open the door for not thanking you and i think i got that from like orange is the new black or something but i was thinking about oh, that and it, it I love that. so much 
to Ronnie's outlook on life. He complains so much about fucking work, about the managers not giving him what he wanted without ever stopping to acknowledge that perhaps the reason why that was is because you're not that good of a manager or or working to improve himself in any way while preaching to other people how to improve themselves. Well, it's like, you know what? If you were ex- if you were all the things that you said you were, you would be where you want to be. Yeah. It is that simple. If you are what you say you are, you will be where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and it- if you're not it's almost you want, like it's almost it. like he used you know the outward ronnie as like a projection of what he wanted to see from other people but at the same time he never um led by example yeah well you know what i doubt he started any of his live streams with hey guys how's everybody doing tonight i hope you're all doing well if somebody's not feeling super good reach out to me i want to talk to you uh you know yeah. we'll talk about yeah. it hey anybody going through he probably just went these fucking pepsi mm. company with their fucking halftime show or some shit i don't know what he complained about i don't i can't watch the live videos but something like that you know he just yeah. spouted and loved to argue with people and be contrarian and that was like firsthand said by other people and also comes up on his social media footprint um that is all i have to say about Ronnie specifically. I do have one more point that I want to cover before we finish up here today. But any more closing thoughts on Ronnie? Well, it makes you think of that guy that that killed the uh, uh, reporter on live uh, Facebook Live. But at least that guy went and did somebody else. Like I, I've... What? I mean, at least. No, but it's... <laughs> uh, he didn't get everyone that he knew in a place and then blow his brains out in front of them. At least he just did yeah. it because he was psycho. Like it's, it's a different. It, it... Well, there was a man a few years ago who he went on like a cross city tour shooting people on Facebook live. Yeah, it was saying, I'm going to, I'm going to kill another yeah. one. If uh, my girlfriend doesn't call me Oh, she's not bang. I'm going to kill another one. It was a, it was a, uh, I don't remember exactly. I just remember that one of the videos, he walks up to a black man on the street and he's like, hi, how you doing? Can you say this name for me? Can you say it? And it was his girlfriend's name. And the guy says, okay. And he says it. And he's like, this is for you. I'm going to do it again. If you don't call me, puts the gun up and the guy's like, oh God, no. And fucking blows him away. And he went and did this a bunch of different times. Oh, that was a different one. There was one in New Zealand where I, um, a guy, live streamed himself um running into a mosque and it was it was full of people they were all in there praying and um he live streamed um mass shooting social media this is what we do we sensationalize these videos and i understand because in a lot of these situations the point is the sensationalizing the point is that they want this spread and they want their message heard this Mm. was not his goal his goal was not to sensationalize and put out a message his goal was strictly just to hurt people just to hurt yeah. some well a woman just to hurt his ex-girlfriend just specifically yeah it was a revenge thing i want to like preface like we never really can fully grasp when psychosis is taking hold because your brain can deny you mm-hmm. that that fact is happening yeah. um so i was wondering if maybe was he on the brink or in in a state of psychosis yep or was this we can't we'll never know he was a little too organized i think considering his state of drunkenness i think he showed a little bit too much organization i didn't i've seen the video a couple of times and i didn't even know he'd been drinking yeah i neither 
he does not appear drunk to me now that i've listened to his podcasts i can hear a big difference right okay and i think i think you hit it a little bit on the head too uh celeste when he's talked about how he had gone a little bit too far out of the bottle and he couldn't put it back in i think i think that is a i think the that might be the driving motivation as to what happened near the end of it all. It was like, fuck it. I'm just going to sh- shoot myself. I'm going to fuck everyone. I'm going to shoot myself. He exposed, he yeah. exposed too much of his real self to, to yeah. ever go back to, yeah. to normal. Good point. That gives me a little bit of sadness for it. Yeah. That What's being it, said, yeah. he knows he understands mental illness. He understands that if he had just, you know, or at least he knows from his work that if you just put the gun down, you step out, you go and you get your treatment. People will, people sympathize for mental illness. People will not yeah. hold against you. People something have more that respect do. for that. You have more respect for someone going, fuck, I am fucked up, man. I need some help. I'm like, at the edge of my rope. I'm at the edge of my rope. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't want to do this. I go get help. Everyone's going to forgive you. Not just fuck you. Fuck you, mom. Fuck you, ex-boss. Fuck you, girlfriend. Yeah. You know what? You know, watch this, bitches. No, that is, yeah. you don't come back from that. Because up at, up until that point, it, no one, it was just an accidental gun firing and him being drunk on Facebook Live. Like that is easy to recover yeah. from. You Absolutely. might get a fine. Easy to play off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oops, I was drunk. Didn't realize my safety was off or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do know, I, I personally, um, two of my friends have committed suicide in the year of 2020. Um, they never told a soul. Yeah. They didn't say they were hurting. They didn't tell anyone. Most people don't. They were, you know, um, one of them was clinically diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, and he had just started seeking help. But then all of a sudden, there was no tomorrow for him. And he, he oh. just knew there was no tomorrow for him. Right. In a situation like that, you know, people like to say suicide is super selfish. There's always something that you can do. The fact is, you know, I hold suicide as a personal choice. I think that, yes, you are probably going to hurt people. Um, Obviously, don't do it in front of them. That's really going to be upsetting. Don't fucking name them in your suicide letter. That's also going to be upsetting. But you know what? Suicide, it is your choice to choose when to end your life. Most people will just like to let that finish up on its own. Some people won't. That is your choice. I don't demonize people for committing suicide whatsoever. Um, revenge suicide is not the same thing because it's not a desire to die. It's like murder suicide. Yeah. It is. The goal it's, is to it's cause putting, harm. putting, yes, yes. Cause harm to others, not just yourself, where you're in a closed room by yourself. Don't tell anyone. No one checks on you for hours and then finds you that way. That's... Yeah. There is one more factor. I'm trying to sort of pre-negate any arguments that come in on this. There is one other factor here. Uh, he was a soldier. Uh, it is possible that his PTSD may have in, may have contributed to a fear of police. After the gun went off accidentally, it is possible once he knew the police were outside that he may have had a fear reaction. I don't think that's the case just because if there was one thing not in that man's eyes, it was fear. He was not afraid of fuck all. Uh, okay, so one more point. To finish up here this is not related exactly but i couldn't stop thinking about it and so i'm gonna put it in here it's my podcast i'll do what i want to hmm? our podcast but you know what i mean we get it. <laughs> of course <laughs> so uh while researching ronnie i came across a ton of unkind stuff and this doesn't surprise me but what i was surprised to find was that the people who hold the opinion that this was a tragedy and not an attack are far more hateful 
I came across one podcast in particular, and there is something that I need to say about it. And you know what? You'll be able to find it. It's not like there's a ton of podcasts on this guy. If you want to, go ahead. I'm not going to put them on blast. Again, not what I do. Use the hints. Find them on your own. The podcast is wildly, wildly hateful and hypocritical and honestly completely like fallacious as well. They use this story and some others to discuss suicide, specifically the pandemic suicide increase. Whether or not this was their intention, their message was that people kill themselves because they have shitty friends who didn't try hard enough to save them. And I know all of my hosts here are going to back me up. One of the hosts claimed that they personally have talked several people out of killing themselves just by reaching out and being a good friend. I cannot stress this enough. We cannot stress this enough. If your friend commits suicide, it is not your fault. You are not responsible for anyone else's actions. Most people who commit suicide will show no indication before they do. Sometimes yeah. people who are depressed will talk about being suicide. Will talk about being suicidal. What these people need is validation, and that's not the same thing as attention. Validate them if you are comfortable with it. If you are not comfortable with it, do what you can to inform people who are better equipped than you to handle the situation. This podcast also claimed that you're a bad person if you call the police when someone tells you that they're thinking about harming themselves. You're not. Good for you for taking action you may have helped them. If they are serious about it, they may get the help they need. If they are embarrassed by it, they weren't serious and should never have done that to you. This podcast also dismissed posting thoughts, prayers, and suicide hotline, suicide resources links on social media in response to a tragedy. They called it virtue signaling and said, guess what? It makes you a shitty person. It doesn't. You're not hurting anybody. Maybe it helps you compartmentalize your emotions. That's valid. Furthermore, don't listen to someone who slams virtue signaling while using their podcast to spew garbage from their fuckhole for attention. We podcast because we like attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No doubt. Furthermore, the suicide rate is not a result of shitty friends. It is a pandemic. It is a horrible time for leadership. People are losing their jobs, their livelihoods, their family members, and their minds. We are just trying to keep ours. Inviting someone else's stress into your life when you are already stressed is not helpful. And so this podcast baffled me. These hosts managed to tell every person who has had the audacity not to kill themselves to kill themselves in the form of a 40-minute tribute about suicide sympathy. It was disgusting. You guys make me want to puke. So people will probably feel that way about this podcast too. Well, let me just, let me just say like, just because you talked a few people out of suicide, that just means they lived for one more day. It doesn't mean that they didn't go and do it later. They got to see one more tomorrow. That doesn't mean they're not going to do it next week. Exactly. That doesn't mean they're not going to do it next week. That doesn't mean they're not going to do it a year from now. Are you prepared to take on the burden? Yes. This has been one of the worst years I've ever experienced. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm only 29. It's not, you know, I wasn't around when Nam and world war, the world wars were going on, but Come on, this is really tough times, especially for generational wise. It's a generational, generational wide issue. There's people of all ages committing suicide because they feel isolated. They feel scared. They feel alone. So validation is not just for parking in this scenario. Preach. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. 
Word. <laughs> so I did it, guys. I did it. I you spent it. hours reading about Ronnie, reading Ronnie's words, listening to Ronnie's voice, listening to Ronnie's seemingly only friend. And I did the research. And all it's done is convince me that you can't make a martyr out of McNutt. guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you Shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Baby, I got your money. Hey, dirty.